You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Pamela Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Father, we just want to thank you this morning. Lord, we do thank you. And Lord, we do anticipate the coming of of Jesus, our, our bridegroom. Oh, how wonderful it's going to be when we see you, Jesus, face to face. But the word says that having not seen you yet, we love you. God, we still love you. Even though we don't see you, we love you. We desire you. We long for you, Lord. And so, Father, right now, I just thank you for this privilege and this opportunity to speak into the lives of every man and woman in this room. And Lord, I ask that you would just share your heart, Father, that you would just speak a word in due season. God, you know everything that everybody's walking through. You know everything they've been through, what they're walking through, and what they will yet walk through. And so, Father, I just give you glory right now and thank you and praise you that you are almighty God. And we look at you and we trust you this morning, Father, in the powerful name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, Turn with me in the book of Revelation, chapter 7. I'm sorry, chapter 12, chapter 12, verse 7. And I'm actually going to read this to you out of the uh, King James Version, or the New King James Version, um, rather than my NLT. But um, in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 7, it says, And a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, his angels were cast out with him. And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, O you who dwell in them. And woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath. For he knows that his time is short. So... This whole war, we won't go into the whole, uh, you know, battle in heaven, but, but we know that there was a battle. We know that Satan, who was called Lucifer, tried to usurp the authority of God to go and take the, the throne. He thought he could go take the throne of Almighty God. There was a war. He was kicked out. You know, um, his angels were kicked out with him. And, um, and so thus you and I have been thrust into a war that was never ours. And it says that the enemy, Satan, is, he has great wrath because his time is short. And we are beginning to see, I mean, uh, you have to be completely blind and deaf not to see and hear the great wrath of the lamb, I mean, of, the, of, of Satan getting stronger and stronger, knowing that his time is getting shorter and shorter. And we're seeing him, um, you know, just... Uh, not even hiding himself anymore, right? Um, but the, the thing I want to take you to is, and this is kind of just to kind of preempt what, what I want to talk about, is in verse 11, 
And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Say that with me. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now, the way that you and I overcome the enemy is number one is through the blood of Jesus. It's because I have received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. My life has been purchased. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. My sins have been cleansed. So Satan, therefore, has no more dominion over me. He has no more power. So that blood of the Lamb, I, I overcome it by the blood of the Lamb because I have recognized and I accept the, the finished sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And his blood, that he is that Passover Lamb, has been placed upon my life. I'm redeemed. I'm purchased. I'm covered in the blood, and, and this is what causes me to overcome. But it says in the next thing, and by, let's say it with me, and by the word of their testimony. Now, what's interesting, this word, word, is the word logos. Now, what does John 1, 1 say? Say it with me if you know it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony. Now let that sink in. We overcome by Jesus who is our testimony. I overcome the enemy by what Jesus has done in my life. It's the power, and, and there is such power in the testimony. Now, not just any testimony, because you can have all kinds of testimonies. You can say all kinds of things. But it's the testimony, it's the word of their testimony. It's the word. It's what Jesus has done in my life. It's looking to Jesus. Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith. A testimony, when you, when you share your testimony, you can be sharing about how you, you came to Christ, which is a powerful testimony, but also we share about the way in which God has shown up in my life. And one of the most powerful testimonies that you have is, is the times that God showed up. Yes, amen. And this is a testimony. This is the word that I fight the enemy. This is how I overcome him because God has never forsaken me because I have a testimony. I remember when. And, and, we, and we can look at examples in the Bible for, you know, we talk about David, how David was getting ready to go fight Goliath and he begins to bring up the word of his testimony. Well, you can't go fight Goliath. You're just a youth. You're just a lad. And he says, oh, but no, there was once a bear and there was once a lion and it came and it took a sheep. But I went and I took and I pulled that, I got that lamb and, and I defeated that lion. I defeated that bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine is no different than that paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. God will deliver me also from the hand of this Philistine. He used the word of his testimony to defeat the enemy. Now, many of us, are going through and have gone through some very hard times, especially this year. Um, now go with me over to the, to the book of Job. And we're going to look at that a little bit this morning. Job chapter 23. Last night, you know, Pastor Mark and I, we do on um, every... Saturday night at seven, we do a time, an hour of, of worship and prayer, and we do it from our house, and so it's online, and um, let me just put a plug out there that there's a how many, a hundred and, 
about 101 people who are signed up for the Harvest Bible Church community. If you're not signed up for Harvest Bible Church community, it's on Facebook. Um, It's a private Facebook page only for you, for Harvest Bible Church, because it's where you get to hear from the hearts of your pastor and where we just really get to pray and intercede for you, where, you know, it's, you know, we we are watching your comments. We kind of uh, go back and forth with that. But, um, But last night when we were on there, you know, the Spirit of God began to speak to me something, and it's not something that, uh, that is uh, something new. It is something I've heard before, but it just rang out of my spirit. And this is what the Lord said. He says, when I don't understand the plans of God, when I don't understand the path of God or the purpose of God, I choose to trust the heart of God. Some music playing. <laughs> when I don't understand what I'm going through, when I don't understand what I'm walking through, when it makes zero sense to me, when it's confusing, it's difficult, I can't see the purpose in it, that is when I have to trust the heart of God. I've got to trust who He is. And so um, I, I want to show you that in the book of Job. It says um, in Psalm 33, though, let me just say this to you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him on those who rely on his unfailing love. This is what it means to rely and to choose to trust the heart of God is it saying, God, I, I know that you love me. I know that you love me. I know that you will always love me. I know that you will never stop loving me. Therefore, I trust in that love. And whatever you go through, whatever we face, we have to always, we may not understand. I mean, I may be looking and think this makes no sense, but God, I trust in who you are because you're a God of love, unfailing love, unending love, a love that is purposed towards me. Now in the book of Job, um, chapter 23, verse one, it says, then Job spoke again. He said, my complaint today is still a bitter one and I try hard not to groan aloud. Now listen, if only I knew where to find God. Have any of you ever said that? I've said that. Okay, God, where are you in this mess? Where are you? He said, I would go to his court. I would lay out my case and present my arguments, and then I would listen to his reply and understand what he says to me. Would he use his great power to argue with me? No, he would give me a fair hearing. Honest people can reason with him, so I would be forever acquitted by my judge. Now listen, I go east, but he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. Here he is saying, the whole time that Job is talking, Job is not complaining about his suffering. You don't hear Job, Job is not right. In this, in this particular passage, Job is not complaining about his suffering. What he is complaining about is the absence of God. Where are you? I'm looking for you. I look this way, I look that way, behind me, in front of me. God, where did you go? <clears throat> He wanted to find God because if I could just get God face to face, I would ask him, what are you doing? What is the purpose for this? I don't get it. 
If I could just see you, God, I could have this encounter and I could get the answers that I'm looking for. But verse 10 is so powerful. Look what he says. But he knows the way where I am going. But he knows where I am going. You see, we don't always know where God is, but God knows exactly where you are. Isn't that exciting? I may not know where the heck I am, but God knows where I'm at. I may be in utter confusion. I may be in darkness. I may be in despair. I may be in discouragement. I may have had tremendous loss as Job has. It may make no sense to me, but this one thing I know that God knows exactly where I'm at. And I trust in his heart because I know that he loves me. It goes on to say this, that, but he knows where I'm going and when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold. For I have stayed on God's path, I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but I have treasured his words more than my daily food. You know, we're going we're gonna to look at this a little more, but this is, this is powerful of how to deal with when you're walking through a hard time, when you're walking through a deep time and you don't see God, this is, this is the response that you need to do. I don't know where you are, but you know where I am. And because you know where I am, I'm gonna choose to trust your heart. And then he says, and when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold. So Job is comparing the suffering that he's going through as being tested. My suffering is a test. What I'm going through is a test. Now, this test is not something that's going to destroy me. It's going to make me better. The present situation, and here's the thing too, if you back up a little more, when he says he knows where I'm going, what I love about this too is that what it tells me is that where I'm at is not the end. I'm on a journey. I'm going. This is not the end. This is not the completeness. This is not my doom. You know, woe is me. This is the end of it. I am on a journey. He says he knows where I am going. I'm moving. And, and, and David reiterates that in Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? He says, even though I walk through the valley of deep darkness or the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And we've heard many times, even from this pulpit, Pastor Mark saying, look, don't build your house in hell. Don't build your house next to the gates of hell. I don't know how you worded that, but don't build your house. Don't stay in the valley of death. Don't build your house in the valley of death and and don't stay there. You're passing through. Come on. I'm just going to repeat what he says. Hallelujah. Come on, baby. Give me some more. (laughs) Come on. But I'm passing through. I'm on a journey. And this is the thing that you got to realize that where I'm at right now, what's happening in my life, I'm on a journey and this is not the end. Now, The ultimate goal is what we sang about in that last song, the marriage supper of the lamb. Jesus is coming. 
That means no matter what I go through, even Paul talked about that the, that the suffering of this present world cannot be compared to the great glory that is coming. There is nothing that you and I can go through that will ever compare to eternal joy in the presence of God. We are on this, this earth. Uh, you know, I, I think I know who's the oldest in this room. Right? Brother Self. I love Brother Self. He's so wonderful. He's so full of Jesus. We always talk about we want to be like him. But even as, you know, even as life, I mean, we don't live to be, you know, 200 years old. Thank God, probably, because, you know, some of you are like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> 200 years of life. You know, uh, but the life that we live, you know, we can, we can look at the life that we live and we can get so discouraged, we can have regret, we can have all kinds of things. But the thing is, as a Christian, as a child of God, this life is just not it. This is not the conclusion. I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey to go to heaven. I'm on a journey to be with Jesus. I'm on a journey where he's gonna create a new heaven and a new earth, where I'm gonna rule and reign with him for eternity. You have to have an eternal perspective. If you have just this earthly perspective, if all you can see is what you see with your physical eyes, then you will live in fear. You will live in discouragement. You will live in despair. You will live in regret. But if you have an eternal perspective, if you set your eyes on things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, if, you're, if you set your affections upon him this morning, I'm telling you, those things no longer matter. We're walking, we're moving, we're not living in the loss. We're not living in the despair. Job never saw uh, where he was going. He did not understand the path he was going. He could not see the final destination. And all of us who like our little duckies in a row, we like to know exactly where we're going. You know, God obviously does not always work that way. But the one thing Job knew, he was not alone. God had his eye on Job when Job could not see God. Even in his complaint, Job knew that God could be trusted in your problem, in your situation, and what you're facing, do you still trust God? Because, you know, what we're going through, what we're facing, you know, it, it could get worse. I know, just trying to encourage you this morning. But this world is not my home. I'm just a traveling through, right? My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You know, this is, this is the thing is that it doesn't matter as, 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 the, as life gets difficult, as life pulls us, as life, uh, you know, presents us challenges. This is the thing. God, I choose to trust your heart. I choose to trust that you love me, that you care for me. God's not only with us in the good times and not only with us in the blessing times, but he's also with us in those desperate times. In those times when you're afraid, God is still there. No, I may not see him, but I can feel him. Uh, I love this in Ephesians chapter 13, verse 5, out of the Amplified. Let me read it to you. Let your character or your moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, lust, craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances with what you have. That's good, but here's where I really want to get to. For God himself has said... 
I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you nor let you down nor relax my hold on you assuredly not. I love how the, how the Amplified amplifies that. I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not loose my hand, my grip upon you. When you worry, you are practicing the absence of God. When I'm worrying, that means God's not here. But when I practice faith, I'm now practicing the presence of God. I believe he's here with me. And I challenge you this morning, you know, everything that we're facing, we have a choice and we have the opportunity to choose to worry and practice the absence of God. God has forgotten me. God has forsaken me. God doesn't know where I'm at. God doesn't care. Or I choose to act in faith that says, no, my God will never leave me. My God will never forsake me. I'm going to practice the presence of God. And that's why worship is so powerful and so incredible and so needful in your life because worship gets you out of here and gets your heart connected to him this way. And you begin to sing about his greatness. You begin to sing about the God who he is. Then the presence of God comes down. In Ephesians 1, again, I'm going to read this to you out of the Amplified Bible, 1, verse 17 and 18. Paul said this, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him, for we know that the Father through the Son. Now listen, and I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened and flooded by the light of the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe that's a mouthful I tell you what does this tell me this tells me that I cannot rely upon my physical my physical sight I cannot judge this world by what I can see because if I begin to look around and judge the things by what I see, it's going to take me down because I'm going to see that there, I mean, come on, I'm seeing, we're seeing corruption from the highest offices down in our nation. Who can we trust? That's right. God. Therefore, what I have to have is not my eyes set on, on, on things that are just in this world, but I have to have a new type of sight. And Paul tells us that, he says, I pray that the eyes of your hearts, those spiritual eyes, would be enlightened and opened. Yeah. 
And that's what I pray for you this morning. You have to have spiritual eyes to see beyond the difficulty, beyond the problems, beyond the storm, beyond the attack. You have to see beyond Goliath. You have to see the God who stands behind Goliath, that he is the greater one, that greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. I have spiritual insight because I believe in my God. I trust in my God. I know that my God loves me. I know know that my God hears me. I don't care what I see. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what they have to offer. Hallelujah. I'm going to have a different type of sight. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. Just like Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, I'm going to do supernatural things in the time that I live. I don't have to be afraid of the time that I'm living in because I'm going to do supernatural things with, by, by a supernatural God who is living in me, which makes me supernatural. We have to have different eyes. When your physical eyes fail to see God working in your present situation, you need to see through the eyes of the heart, through the eyes of the spirit. I trust that the Lord is good. I believe he is for me, not against me. I believe he is in control. And here's the big one. I believe in his character, his nature, his ability, his faithfulness, and his love that will never fail. You know, the nature of a thing is uh, we, we, we uh, we can have doubt or we can have no doubt by the nature of something. For instance, if, uh, if I had a chair up here that was made of rotten wood, and I asked you to come sit in that, and you could look at the nature of that wood, you can see that, tra- that chair ain't gonna hold you. It's rotten. But if you see a chair over here that's made of steel, you can have faith in the nature of that steel, because you know that steel is gonna hold you. Now that's just a basic example But how much more greater is the God who holds you? I can trust in the nature of my God. I can trust that he is who he says he is. He will do what he said he can do. He is, he is, he is firm. He is strong. He is never failing. He, he, he's not forgetful. He doesn't walk away. He doesn't really, he doesn't, you know, abandon he's always there. I can trust in the nature of my God that he is a good God. He's a faithful God. I mentioned about how it says that um, in the verse, he says, verse 10, and when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. Gold is is only um, refined by fire. And sometimes God allows us to go through the, the furnace of affliction, the Bible tells us. But it's not to destroy you, it's for your good. It's to change your nature. Because our nature is not always trustworthy. And so what happens is that when I, when I go through a situation, I can choose, I can choose to be bitter, I can choose to be angry, I can choose to like God forgets you. Or I can choose to allow the thing that I'm walking through to change me. I can choose to have the attitude that says, you know what, I'm gonna have to get up. I'm going to have to get back up. Yes, I have fallen down, but I'm going to have to get back up. I'm going to, I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to make a decision. This is the act of your will. Some of you need to make an act of your will. You're going to choose to get up again. You're going to make a choice 
to, to not let the enemy keep you down and bat you down. Listen to what it says in Psalm 34, verse one and three. It says, I will praise the Lord at all times. All times means the good times and the bad times. I will constantly sing his praise. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come and let's tell of the Lord's greatness. Let's exalt his name together. You see, when, when, uh, when I'm going through a difficult time and, and I don't understand, I don't, I don't know where God is, what do I begin to do? I begin to think about the God that I serve. I begin to, where it says here, come and let's, I, I will boast only in the Lord. I will talk and tell of the Lord's greatness. You've got to sometimes preach to yourself. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta exhort yourself. You gotta, and, and the thing that you're exhorting yourself, it's not that I'm any good, it's not that I'm, I'm strong, it's in who he is. And you begin to take the realities of what God says in his word about himself and you begin to use that. You know, um, I love it because the Bible tells us, it talks about, you know, in Ephesians chapter six, it talks about, you know, the armor that we have. And the thing that really stood out to me this year, going into this year, well, in 2020, was the shield of faith. And the reason why that shield of faith meant so much to me right now is because there's such an assault. There's such an attack of the enemy. He's just bombarding, just throwing the, it says the fiery darts that we raise the shield of faith against all the fiery darts of the enemy. That means when the enemy begins to to speak things to me, when he begins to attack me, when he attacks my mind, he attacks my body, he attacks my family, whatever he may attack, I say, faith, I choose to believe in God. Faith, I know that God has me. Faith, I know that he will never leave me. Whatever he is that the enemy's coming against you, you raise up faith. No, I choose God. I believe God. I believe his word. I believe what he says. This is how you fight back. And, and I love it because the, the shield of faith not only you know, use it to quench the, the fiery darts, but you also use it to push back the enemy. I'm using my faith to push the enemy back. No, I know in whom I have believed. And I am fully persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Amen. In Job 23, we, we look back at that. It says that Job said this. He said, I have, um, I have stayed on God's path. That means perseverance. You have to have Perseverance. I'm going to persevere no matter what comes, no matter what I face. I mean, we have to have that kind of bulldog faith. Don't cast aside your faith right now. You stand, you have that. It says, I, I will stay. I, it's an act of my will again. I will stay walking with God on his path. I will not go over here. I'll not go over here. No, I'm going to stay on the path. Well, wait a minute. That path has, has problems on it right now. There's, you know, God's leading me through a valley of the shadow of death. I don't know if I want to walk with God down this path. The safest place you can be is walking with God right next to you. You know, you, you choose the easy path. I'm telling you, it's not the easy path. The enemy has all kinds of things lined up to mess you up. He says, I have followed his ways and I have not turned aside. I follow his ways. Again, I'm making a choice. I will follow your ways and act of my will. This is what I do. This is what I do when I don't know where God is, when I don't know where he's at. What am I going to do? I'm going to persevere. 
I'm going to keep walking with him. I don't see him. I'm going to keep walking with him because I trust him. What else am I going to do? I'm going to follow his ways. What are his ways? The word of God tells me what the ways of the Lord are. He says, I will not depart. I have not departed from his commands, but I have treasured his words more than my daily food. This is obedience. When I'm walking through a difficult time and a hard time, I'm going to, I'm going to be obedient. I'm, going to, I'm not going to judge things by what I see or hear in the natural, but I'm going to obey by what I hear in my spirit. By what the Lord is speaking inside of me, I'm going to be obedient to his voice and I'm going to yield to him. It says in Psalm 130 verse five, I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him and I have put my hope in his word. I'm telling you, power. I mean, Psalm 119, you should just go read Psalm 119 tonight. Go read Psalm 119 and begin to look at everything, God's word, God's commands, God's statutes, God's instructions, what it does to you in your life. It gives me life. It gives me direction. It's my counselors. It's my light. It's, I mean, it, it, everything that I need comes from the, God, the word of God. And that's why Joe would say, I've not departed from your commands, but I've treasured your words more than my necessary food. Maybe you need to fast. Put aside the food and say, no, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from heaven today. Psalm 33, verse 20 and 22 says, but we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield in him. Our heart rejoices for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Our hope is in you alone. And that is, that is the whole, uh, I'm missing a page. There it is. I'm like, I know there was more to that. Uh, my hope is in the Lord. And, 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 that, and that's the thing. I don't, I don't put my hope in the, in the government. I don't put my hope in my job. I don't put my hope in any person. I put my hope in the Lord because he is stable. Um, now I'm going to close. I am going to close because I can't remember what time it closes. Did it close 18 minutes ago? <laughs> Last time I did that, I was just going and going. And I know I just did the worship part usually. And so I'm like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't even know what time we closed. But, um, but I'm mindful. I'm watching, okay? But I, I want to read this to you because, because, you know, I can say a lot of stuff, but I want the word to speak. I want the word to testify. If I go back to what I said earlier today, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Why am I, why am I bringing all this out? Why do I want you to see this? Because I want you to have a testimony. Yeah. I want you to use your testimony against the enemy. I want you to think about the things that God has brought you through. The things, I mean, I, I can go from way back here and I can begin to walk and, and, and you know what? I could tell you all the bad stuff. I could, sure, I could tell you the things that hurt. I could tell you the times that I got kicked in the seat in the rear end. I can tell you the times, all the bad times. But you know, the best part for me to go back and look at is the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Not what I lost, but what I got. Not what was taken from me, but what was given to me. Not the, not the hard, difficult time, but the time that God, oh my goodness, God was so real to me. God was so close to me. God was so faithful to me. 
And, and that's my testimony, and that's what I use. When I can't see God, I raise up my testimony. I fight the enemy back with the word of what Jesus Christ has done in my life. Yes. Now listen, in Lamentations, I'm, I am closing. In Lamentations, I'm going to read three scriptures to you really quickly. Lamentations 3, verse 19. Just listen to this. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. This is the prophet Jeremiah speaking. I will never forget this awful time. How many will never forget 2020? Of course, 2021 is not, you know, it's kind of fair in the same way. <laughs> I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. A lot of you have gone through some losses this year. We have family members that passed away. Verse 21, what does the prophet Jeremiah say? Woe is me. I might as well just quit and give up. No, he says this. Yet I still dare to hope. Amen. Come on. I still dare to hope. How, how does he dare to hope? He says, when I remember this, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance and therefore I will hope in him. I may have, all this may be lost. He, he says, you know, I, I'm looking at all this and, and it's, it's, it's bitter beyond words, but I will dare to hope in my God. Look, uh, let me read to you uh, Micah chapter seven. Let me just read it to you. He says this, I love this. He says, rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall rise. And, and when I sit in the darkness, the Lord shall be a light to me. You talk about the right kind of attitude. Yeah, I fell. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm a little messed up right now, but I'm gonna get back up. And no, I can't really see what's going on right now, but you know who's gonna help me? God. God will be my light. God will be the one instructing me and telling me where I should go and what I should do. And the last verse I wanna to read to you out of Habakkuk. 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 The Habakkuk. I don't even know how you say it. Habakkuk. How many are gonna name your kids Habakkuk? I don't know one. Do you guys know one Habakkuk? <laughs> I don't know why. I know one. He's in the Bible. Probably because we're totally butchering the, spell, the, the way we say it. Have to have that, you know, Jewish accent. <laughs> All right, sorry. Chapter three. All right. I love this because this is what he says too. He says in uh, chapter three, verse 17, he says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Now, right there, if we see somebody's life that you see them going through a problem, you see them going through a, a, a difficult time, you see them walking through a valley, don't judge them. We don't judge by what somebody is walking through because here we see that their fig trees have no blossoms, there's no grapes, there's no olive oil, you know, the fields are empty, 
The flocks have died in the fields. The cattle of barns are empty. And what does the prophet say? He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength and he makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. That means that God may not always move the mountain, but he's going to change me by letting me go through the mountain, go on top of the mountain. I'm going to be changed as I I overcome that which is opposing me and and coming against me. I wrote a song um, many years ago, and I talked about this last night on our program, but I was going through a very very hard time, you know, um, just, just a very difficult time. And I was in a prayer meeting and I heard uh, the pastor's wife, she kept saying, God, I choose to believe. I choose to believe. I choose to believe. And something sparked in me when she said that. And I went home and I wrote this song and it became, it's a testimony. It's my testimony. And, and this, is, this is the thing. This is how I have overcome the enemy. With everything that I face, I'm not moved by the things that are being shaken because I am standing on a firm foundation of who God is and what God's word says. And this is my testimony. In the song it says, I do believe in the holy word of God. This is my testimony. I do, and, and I, had, I had to make this declaration. I had to make this confession. I do believe in the holy word of God. I do believe in the power of your blood. I do believe in who you say that you are, the holy one, God's only son, I believe in you. I do believe in the power of God to save. I do believe in the covenant that you made. I can believe and I can trust that God will keep his word. God will keep his promises to me. I do believe in what you said you will do. I know it's true. You will bring me through. I believe. I believe in you. Amen. Amen. Father, we just, we just praise you. We thank you, God. Lord, I know that Many of us have, uh, have walked through some very difficult, hard times. Maybe they've lost their jobs. Maybe they've lost family members. Maybe they've lost peace. Maybe they just don't have peace anymore, God, and there's anxiousness. Father, whatever it is that, Lord, we know that it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that all the bad is, is from the enemy. It's not from you. You don't do bad things to us, but you use the bad things but you don't do the bad things. And so, Father, I just I pray for everyone listening this morning. God, I pray that you would just minister to them. I pray that you would help us and teach us how to walk. God, you know, it, we don't understand why, why what's happening even in our nation right now, God. We don't understand what's happening with, with this whole COVID crisis, God, that has just caused people to lose their minds. They become so fearful. But Father God, I pray that everything, everyone in this room, that everything within them would rise to believe and to hope in you today. That we would choose to trust you because of who you are, God. You're a good God. We know your nature. You're faithful. You're loving. And Father God, I pray that, Lord, that whatever it is that they're going through, that, Father, today remind them of this word. God, I pray that if we forget, then let us go back into the word of God and let us, let us remember the things that you did for David, the things that you did for Moses, the things that you did for Paul. 
God, I pray that we'd be reminded, God, that you, you never abandon us. God, you never let us sink. And so, Father God, we thank you. I thank you for hope rising. I thank you for hope rising. God, I thank you, God, that, that Lord, as, as we look to you, God, we find strength. As we look to your word, we are made whole. We thank you for that, Father, right now in Jesus' precious name. God, bring healing to that heart that is breaking. Bring peace to that heart that is anxious. In Jesus' powerful name, I thank you for it, Father. Now, I don't ever want to close without um, the opportunity to give anyone, because I don't know everyone in this room. You know, I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. I'm not talking about a religion. There's a lot of religions out there. I'm talking about a relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. I am talking about the one who sent his son Jesus to die upon the cross for my sins. And it's because of that relationship that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. That means I've accepted Jesus as my savior. You can't walk in this peace. You can't walk in this hope without that relationship with Jesus Christ. And you can have that relationship with Jesus Christ by simply asking him to become the Lord of your life and giving him your life. So with every head bowed, I want everyone in this room just to repeat with me. And if this is your first time, you know, I pray that you would, I pray that you would find Christ today. I, I, I pray that you would let him change the course of your life. You, you've probably walked through a lot of different paths, but give God a chance. Why not give him a chance? So everyone repeat this after me. Father, it is written in your word that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Therefore, Father, I confess that Jesus is my Lord and I make him Lord of my life right now. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I renounce my past life with Satan. And I close the door to any of his devices. And I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. Jesus is now my Lord. And I am now a new creation. Old things have passed away. And now all things become new in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.